Hey everyone, welcome to Riverwalk Church's online campus experience. I'm Steve Rhodes, the lead pastor here at Riverwalk Church, and I'm so thankful that you're joining us today. And I want to ask you that if you want to support what we're doing here at Riverwalk Church, why don't you go to riverwalkchurch.com, go to the Give portal, and give to help support your local church. Riverwalk Church is a life-giving, community-engaging church here in Pace, Florida, and we are striving every day to help people with their journey with Christ. That their journey starts here, your journey starts now, and we just want to be here to help you. And wherever you're watching at today, why don't you drop a comment, let us know where you're watching from. And if you want to, you can also go to our website to, to let us know of any prayer requests you have, any needs that you have, any victories that you've had in your life that you just want to, someone to celebrate with you. Let us know how we could better connect with you. So this week is week four of our sermon series, Hearts and Dreams. We're talking about the life of Joseph. Uh, the, the wild roller coaster of a life that he had, ups and downs, victories and struggles, and how it applies to our life. So over the uh, last couple of weeks, so over the last couple of weeks in this sermon series, we've had some amazing, amazing material. And I'm going to recap some of that with you. I want to recap what all happened in Joseph's life so you can stay up to date in case this is your first time watching. And I want to encourage you to go back and watch the other sermons because I believe that God is going to use those messages to change your life. All right, so Joseph was a young man, about 17 years old, and he had a dream. And he went and he shared this dream with his brothers, and it said that it angered them. It said that it caused the, these dreams to hate their brother. So Joseph went and he dreamed another dream. And he went back and told his brothers, and it says that they hated him even more. So they took their brother and they sold him into slavery. And he went down to Egypt where he was a slave in Potiphar's house. And God prospered and grew and blessed Joseph in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife decided that she, she liked Joseph. He was a handsome man, and, and, and she lied, and she wanted Joseph to sleep with her, and Joseph wouldn't do it, so she lied about him and told everyone that he tried to rape her. So Joseph ends up in a prison. He goes from being in this pit where he sold the slavery into Potiphar's house, and now he's in prison. So while Joseph was in prison, he met two people, uh, the king's cupbearer and the king's baker, and they had these dreams. And Joseph went and said, hey, listen, I believe God can interpret your dreams. So he interprets them, and what he interprets comes true. And he tells the one, he said, listen, when you go back and you're restored back into Pharaoh's house, remember me. So he forgot about him. And uh, Joseph is still in prison up to this point. So what are the big ideas? What are the big points? What are the big lessons we've learned in the last three sermons? God dreams are big, scary, audacious dreams that I cannot fulfill on my own. God dreams have a way of igniting a passion in me while scaring me at the same time. God dreams are confusing and farsighted. God dreams are big dreams that can only be fulfilled 
by a big God. God dreams have a power to humble us. In week two, we said no matter what comes our way, God is with us and God is for us. To see your God dream become a reality, you have to make sure that you surround yourself with dream builders, not dream killers. We have to remember that God gave us this dream and God will make it a reality. It doesn't matter where you are, it matters who's with you. When we protect our hearts and we keep the dream in front of us, we have no need to fear because God is with us and God is for us. Last week we talked about your location doesn't have to hinder your growth. When we are consistent in our walk, it's easier for us to see God's consistency in our lives. Your gifts and callings will open the necessary doors in your life. So this week, we're on chapter 41, and the beginning of the chapter is about Pharaoh having a dream. So let's skip down a little bit in this chapter. We still have quite a bit of reading, but that's all right. I've been saying it every week. It's okay to read the Bible in church. We, uh, verse number 9. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. When Pharaoh was angry with his servant and put me and the, chief, and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own interpretation, a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving the interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about, I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have had it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Listen, the amount of humility, after all that Joseph has gone through, right? The pit, the palace, the prison, being forgotten, being hated, being envied, being gossiped about, being lusted after, everything that Joseph has gone through, he is still exercising humility. Because it didn't matter if he was in the prison or the pit, Joseph knew that God was doing a work in his life. And that if he was ever going to get out of any of these situations in his life, it was going to be by God, through God. What humility to stand in front of the ruler of this area to say, listen, I can't do it. But to proclaim with certainty, God will give you the answer. We will truly never know the doors that God is going to open for us while we're keeping our hearts pure and we're keeping our hearts humble. When we are walking, like we talked last week, in consistency, when we walk in consistency of being humble, be protecting our hearts from pride, 
right? We're keeping our hearts pure. God is going to open doors. See, Joseph thought that his key out of the prison was going to be through the cupbearer, right? But, but we're about to learn that Joseph's uh, key out of this prison that God was going to do is through Pharaoh himself. And God set Joseph up on the biggest platform to show what Joseph could do. And Joseph showed, Joseph showed what God could do in that moment. Joseph understood that his gifts and talents were from God and only God needed the praise for him. Joseph had this opportunity before Pharaoh and Joseph could have made a state, like, right? He could have made a statement. He could have said, listen, Pharaoh, I'm in this prison. I shouldn't be here. I've been lied about. I've been gossiped about. I've been sold into slavery. But Joseph didn't do that. He said, I am going to let God shine in this opportunity because I truly believe Joseph understood that his way out, right, his way out of this situation was going to be through God, not his own, answer, uh, his own abilities. Joseph knew that the gifts and talents that he had was Jesus working through him. That the doors were being opened because Jesus wanted to work through him. In the biggest moment of Joseph's life, he didn't make it about himself. He didn't need to put on a good show. He didn't have to go and tell everyone what he could do. He knew that this was the time for Jesus to show a country who Jesus was. It was so much bigger than Joseph maybe being brought out of prison. It was about showing this country that the God that he serves is a big God. A great God, a loving God, a kind God, a God who can answer these dreams. Oh, come on, y'all. God is a big God. Joseph said, I'm going to put God in front of this whole country right now that it's not about me. So what was this dream Pharaoh had? Verse 17. Then Pharaoh asked Joseph, behold, in my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile Seven cows, plumped and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the, reed, in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. All the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows, and when they had eaten them, no one would have known uh, that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as at the beginning." Then I awoke. I also saw in my dream seven ears growing on one stalk, full and good. Seven ears withered thin and blighted by the east wind sprouted after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears, and I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. God gave Pharaoh two dreams but he didn't give up anyone who could interpret those dreams for him. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Joseph's setbacks. Joseph's moments in his life that were set, set back for him. God was making a setup. I want you to hear this, that in your setbacks, 
in those areas of your life that you don't like, in those areas of those life where you say, God, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't like being where I'm at. God is not setting you back, but he's setting you up. Come on, somebody. God is not hurting you. God is not putting you back in a place. God is setting you up to move you further. God is not setting you back. He's fulfilling your dream. He's setting you up to propel you into your dream. It is impossible for us to know what God is doing for us. I will say that again. Listen, it's impossible for us to know what God's doing in these setbacks. But we have to trust that while we are praying, God is working. I want to say that again. It's impossible for us to know what God is doing in these setbacks. But we have to trust that while we are praying, God is working. While we are being consistent, God is working. While we are praying, God is working. While we are worshiping, God is working. While we are pressing forward, God is working in our lives. This is awesome. Even in your prison, you're needed. Joseph probably felt abandoned. He probably felt let down that he's been in this prison and the cupbearer has forgotten all about him. But while he's in this prison, God is working in the life of Pharaoh to prepare Pharaoh to meet Joseph. And listen, no magician could... Uh, interpret this dream because there was only one that God was going to allow to have the interpretation and that was Joseph. While you're in your prison, you're still needed. While you are in the place of struggle in your life, there are people around you who need you. Pharaoh needed Joseph and Joseph was in a prison. This is good today, y'all. This is good. Let's keep reading. Verse 25, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them for seven years are the seven empty ears blighting by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe." And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that this thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Now, therefore, Pharaoh, select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. 
that food will be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. Listen, this is what amazes me. Pharaoh sent for this prisoner who has de- who's been despised by his family. He's been sold into slavery. He's been left for dead. He's been lied about. He's been forgotten about. He's been left in prison. And God just doesn't give this prisoner an interpretation. But God gives Joseph a plan that's going to save the world. Come on, y'all. Catch this, catch this, catch this. This whole time, Joseph just thought he was a prisoner. This whole time, Joseph thought he was hated by his family. This whole time, Joseph just believed he's been dealt a bad hand, right? He didn't ask for this. He didn't want this. But while he's in the pit, while he's in the palace, while he's in the prison, God is preparing him not just to interpret dreams, but to save the land. This is good stuff. Joseph's, listen, let's, let's, let's take this back a little bit. To some, you might be a punk kid. You might be despised. You might be hated. You might be the outcast. You might be the least of these. But God has a plan for your life today. That God has a plan that only you can do. You might be the one person everyone needs. This whole time, we thought this story was just about Joseph, but it wasn't. It was about a country. It was about a family. It was about Joseph being a savior to this country. And you'll see the lands around also went through this great uh, this great uh, time of famine. And because of Joseph, right, because of what God was doing through Joseph, the dreams that he was interpreting through Joseph, the plans that he was giving through Joseph was to prepare him to be a savior. Man, this is awesome. Joseph's gifts and talents were not limited to just interpreting dreams. Much like you are not limited to just your gifts or just the talents that's the strongest in your life. God wants to work a greater work in you than what you believe is possible. Can I say that again today? God wants to work a greater work in you than what you think is possible today. Don't limit where you are. Don't limit what you're doing. Don't limit what you feel like God has been doing in your life because God is setting you up to do something big. It may not be saving a whole country like like Joseph's doing, but it's going to be big in someone's life. It's going to be big in someone's life that needs you, who needs God working in their life. God will set you up past your talents, greater than your giftings. God wants to use you today far bigger than what you think is possible. Verse 37. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this is in whom is the spirit of God? 
Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all of this, there is none so discerning and so as wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all of my people order themselves as you command. This is awesome. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. Once again, Joseph is placed in a place where people see his value. But Pharaoh sees the hand of the Lord working in Joseph's life. And I believe that's what Joseph's wanted this whole time. Pharaoh says, can we find a man like this in whom the spirit of God is working? Is that said of you? I ask myself, is that said of me, that people see the hand of the Lord, people see the Spirit of God working through me, past my talents, past my giftings, past what I see as my identity? Can people truly see God working in me? Joseph carried the weight of pain and grief for 17 years. Because he knew that it wasn't about him, it was about Christ. I believe Joseph said, I don't understand why I'm in the pit. I don't understand why I'm in this palace. I don't understand why I'm in this prison. But I believe God is doing a work and that the dreams that I dreamed as a 17-year-old boy is going to come to fruition. I'm going to see that happen. If I got to go through the pit, if I got to go through the palace, if I got to go through the prison... I'm going to do it because this life isn't about me. It's about Christ. Something else I want you to pick up that, that, that Pharaoh said. He said, only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Now, we could take that to mean that that, that, that just means he's going to be second in command, right? That Pharaoh is still going to be uh, the greatest in the land. But, but what I find interesting is, is that he says... The only reason I am over you right now is because of my title. This is deep. Pharaoh didn't say I'm a wiser man. I'm a more gifted man. He didn't say that, that, that God loves me more than you. He didn't say that I have more power and integrity and influence than you. He says the only thing that I have that makes me over you is a title. Joseph's integrity... His influence, his respect was so impressive to Pharaoh that Pharaoh had to acknowledge how great of a man Joseph was. Straight out of prison. Pharaoh said, look at this Hebrew boy in this prison. He has more respect. He has more integrity. He has more wisdom. He's definitely closer to God than I am. He said, the only thing that I have greater than this man is a title. Listen, your prison, your pit, your palace, they don't define who you are. It could have been easy for Pharaoh to look and say, who's this Hebrew prisoner and how does he think that, that he has this right to stand before me? But because of his humility, 
because of Joseph's humbleness, because of Joseph keeping his heart pure, because uh, Joseph kept the Lord in front of him, he kept the dream in front of him, and he kept humble and saying that God is going to do a work to you today, Pharaoh. He wasn't defined by his location. He was defined by his character. All right, let's skip down to this next part. I'll tell you, these next group of scriptures, I really feel like they pull at my heartstrings because it, it really portrays a message that I've been trying to portray since the very first week here. Verse 50. Before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Asenath, the daughter of Potipharia, priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of his firstborn son Manasseh. I want you to hear this. For he said, God has made me forget all of my hardships and all of my father's house. The name of my second son he called Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Thirteen years of lies, hate, envy, prisons, pits, palaces, depression, anger, grief. And Joseph chooses to name his sons to celebrate the fact that God has helped Joseph to forget his hardships. Joseph also names his second son that God has caused him to be fruitful in the land of his afflictions. And God wants this to be the same for you. God wants to help you to forget the pains of your past. God wants to help you to grow and to be fruitful in the land of your hardships. We look at this, and Joseph says this in past tense, but right now I believe God wants to tell you this in present tense, that right now God wants to help you forget the pains of where you're at, where you're from, and God wants to grow you and prosper you right here in the middle of your affliction. If God did it for Joseph, he could do it for you right now. And I know that you're in the thick of it right now. I know there's pain. I know there's grief. I know you have resentment and anger and depression. But God, <clears throat> but God is going to see you through it. God will bring the healing. God will help you thrive in your hardships. Keep your hearts pure. Keep your hearts humble. Keep the dream out in front of you. And watch the Lord work on your behalf. Watch the Lord start knocking away at those pains and those feelings that you have right now. That he's helping you get to a place where you can forget the pains of your past and you can prosper right where you are. God wants to do that today. You're watching this. Uh, you're, you're watching today. You're listening today. You've been struggling. You're through it right now. God is with you. God is helping you. And it won't always be this difficult. It won't always be this hard. God is doing a work in your life right now. Verse 57. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt 
to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe all over the land. The hated brother, the dreamer, the prisoner, the whole earth knows who Joseph is because they have to come to him for help. I'm not going to give away the rest of the story. We're going to get to that in the next couple of weeks. But, but, but let's just think of the people in Egypt right now. Could you imagine Joseph? They have to come to him for help. Could you imagine who's all in that line? You know, the two faces that I think about in this line right now coming for Joseph for help is Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, the ones who wanted to destroy his life, destroy his reputation. What's amazing to me is you don't see Joseph dealing with them. Because even though Joseph has been wronged, he's been lied about, I just have this sense in my life that Joseph still freely helped them. That the ones they the, the one person they wanted to destroy, they're now going to for help. And Joseph's helping them. The people in your past are not your enemies. The people who have hurt you, the people who have tried to stop you, they're not your enemies. And this is why Jesus says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Because one day they may be trying to kill you. One day they may be trying to stop you. One day they may be trying to tear you down. But one day God may use you to change their life. God raised Joseph up. Not to give Joseph a good story. But to save the world. Listen. God raised Joseph up. Not to give Joseph a good story. But he raised him up to save the world. And what you are going through isn't just for motivation. It isn't for a good story. It's not just so you can look back and go, wow, look at the things I have gone through. God is taking you through something right now because one day you're going to use all that you learn in those experiences to change someone's life. God is going to use you and everything you've gone through not to have a good story, but so that you could change someone's life. And I want you to hear this. I want you to know to keep pressing on. Keep going. Don't give up. What you are going through is the very thing that someone needs later. It's not just for them. What you're going through is growing you. It's sharpening you. It's challenging you. It's stretching you so that you can be the best person that you could be but it's also preparing you to help reach out to those people around you. And I want to talk to you right now that uh, some of you, it's, the Lord has gripped your heart in this moment because you're in the thick of it right now. You're in the struggle. You're in the midst of it. And God is doing a work. God is stretching you. God is sharpening you. God is helping you. God is growing you because he has a plan for your life. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you, God, that we could be here together as a church family. God, sharing your word, being encouraged by your word. 
God, and you have absolutely gripped our hearts in this moment. And right now, someone's having that Ephraim moment and that Manasseh moment, God, where uh, that you are helping them to forget the pains of their past. And God, for some, you're helping them right now by prospering them in their hardships, Lord. God, it doesn't matter where we're at right now. What matters is that you're with us, that you are with us. So God, as these dreamers right now, God, are intimidated by big dreams, and God, they're in the middle of the dream right now. They don't see how what they're going through is a part of the dream. God, you are using these moments to grow them, God. So help us not to get weary and well-doing. Help us not to get weighed down by what's happening around us, but help us to stay humble. Help us to keep our hearts pure. Help us to keep the vision and the dream in front of us because you want to use us to change lives, Jesus. You want to put us on a platform that where we can shine the light of Jesus to people around us. Lord, we love you today and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I just want to thank y'all so much for joining us today on Riverwalk Church's online campus experience. Why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you uh, jot down a couple of names of people who you think could be encouraged by this message and share it with them. We want this online campus experience not just to help you, not just to help you grow, which is very important, but also to be a resource to help encourage, uplift, and to uh, help those people around you in your life. And if you want uh, to, to contact us, why don't you message us uh, on, on any of these social media platforms. Let us know how we could pray for you. Or if you have something to celebrate in your life, let us help celebrate with you. Share us the good news of what's happening in your life. Hey, if you want to give to help support what we're doing here at Riverwalk Church, why don't you go to riverwalkchurch.com. You can give through the gift portal. And we're so thankful for everyone who's been giving and supporting us. Because listen, what we say here at Riverwalk Church is your journey starts here and your journey starts here.